0: March 4, 2005, it's a Watch From Pedro show. from Pedro show, um, March 4, 2005 edition, Brother Matt,
1: Ooh.
0: yeah, how you doing, <laughs> um, started off with John Coltrane, I'm Old Fashioned, Blue Train, and that song right there was Dirty Blue Jean, by Cat not Fart. And it was picked by our guest for day, Juliana. Howdy. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I don't know. What'd you, why'd you pick that song?
2: Well, um, like I said, Captain Beefheart was something very new to me. I mean, different, very different from what I'd heard. And my only regret is I never got to hear him play live because I was way too little <laughs> to get into any place he was playing at. But always... Thought it was real intense.
0: What were you listening to before that?
2: The Who? Yeah. Uh, very different. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> very different.
0: <laughs> Although they were contemporaries,
2: yeah. Yeah. But Well, it was when I met Michael and turned me on to all kinds of music, so it was a big door opening.
0: Yeah, Lise worked. Maybe you've heard this before, but she worked at the parking lot and Nanny worked at Jack in the, the Box with Dee Boone. Uh-huh. And they both were talking about these weird guys that worked with them and they didn't <laughs> know that we knew each other. <laughs> Juliana's a sister, so... Yeah. Weird connect. I think they were the only punk rock girls in Pedro.
2: And I was the only one in Catholic school, so...
0: <laughs> yeah, she's Mary Starr. <laughs> yeah,
2: I took a lot of black. At the time.
0: A lot of blows.
2: Yeah. Short hair. Nobody else had the short hair.
0: But you had to wear the outfits. Yeah.
2: With the short dyed hair. So it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you to match the
0: outfits? No.
2: <laughs> Nowadays,
0: though, it's so calm. Yeah. Nobody worries. But in those days, God, it was such a freak out for me. Oh, it
2: was bad.
0: Such it a was freak really out. Bad. Uh, you went to the um, Minuteman, we Jamie Connell premiere last week. You too, yeah. brother, man. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Of yeah, it, um, it was kind of trippy seeing Dee Boone like that. A
2: lot of weird yeah. memories, man.
0: <laughs> yeah, everybody else put on some years. Deep Boone's frozen in time at yeah. the same spot. That yeah. was great footage seeing him bounce around. Oh, yeah. My mom really tripped on the shoes.
2: <laughs> the little loafers? When
0: people gave them the, the Gucci's, yeah. Because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> he was pretty light on his feet. Yeah, I mean, he was. For being <laughs> a big man. But yeah. And uh, one of the things, life... Uh, songs uh, we go into Corona and she said that was totally amazing how he bounded from one side of the stage <laughs> to the yeah, she yeah. saw us yeah. kind of later she didn't see us when we were like 22 first doing it and they had footage of those like our first paid gig at the Starwood and uh she was busting up man she couldn't believe it <laughs> the whole band thought was pretty hilarious uh she was proud of, um uh, A lot of people have been right me since then that saw it and they've been, uh, discussing like changes they would have made to it, which I guess people are prone to do. Uh, what would you, what have what you, what have, you know, the kids who made it, Tim and Keith were actually too young to see the Minuteman. Yeah. So, uh. Would well, you've done anything different?
2: No, I, I'm sorry, I couldn't be interviewed. I was working at the time, so it kind of made it difficult. I think some
0: people wanted wanted them to discuss the touring more, or discussing our day jobs more, or uh, the new Alliance label.
2: Yeah, New Alliance didn't come up at all. No. Yeah. And
0: that was a big part of the punk scene was not just making a band, but making oh. labels. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it was all kinds of things, just doing everything for yourself. So maybe that should have been explored. You know, the DVD's going to be twice as long, so That's maybe great. we can add, add things to uh, it. I don't know. Yeah, I wouldn't have lost my interview. But otherwise... <laughs> yeah, I didn't yeah. know about that. <laughs> you
2: know what happened with you?
0: Yeah, the, the, the gremlins got it. Oh. Vanished. Yeah. But uh, I thought those guys did a great job. There's always something you could add or... T- change yeah like somebody wrote me said why did why when you're discussing the records you're holding up the cds they're too little you should have been holding up the albums <laughs> which might have made more sense too because in those days there wasn't cds yet there only was albums
2: i thought for what the guys knew they did a good job i mean if they weren't there yeah. how were they yeah, to know
0: uh, they did a great job you know this is another thing, too, people don't realize. A lot of Peabody Row people didn't know what we were doing. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? It's funny, that so much interest. That's not funny, it's pretty generous of people. Take a lot of interest in this now, but in those days, God, we were so small. Like I said, they were the only punk packed. girls.
2: Yeah, it was packed.
0: People
2: from all over,
0: too. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't expect that. I didn't know who would be there... Except people who knew us, you know, all those young people. Yeah. Uh, that's pretty, pretty amazing.
2: That was a trip because Craigie Barr walked up to me and said, "Hey, you turned me on to them." He was another Catholic oh, cool. schoolboy, yeah. Cool. And I mean, he had no idea. He just walked in goes, I remember you, and he goes, "You turned me on to those guys." And he was there, so oh, cool. it was kind of cool to see one recruit who yeah, <laughs> still.
0: Who's yeah, still, he yeah. puts out that fanzine yeah. called The Rise yeah. and the Fall. Yeah, he rocks. Yeah. So. He's involved with the skate park. Uh, yeah, he does all kinds of cool stuff.
2: Yeah, I haven't seen him since those days way back when. He shook my hand and said, thank you, man, for, you know. Cool. Because it was kind of hard to get people on board, <laughs> especially in the school we went to. So I didn't make a lot of friends. Was he a Mary Yeah. Oh, wow. He, he went to San Pedro High, I think, but we're talking elementary school oh. because I was... I mean, how old was I when I met you, Michael? i were talking like eight or nine.
0: Yeah, she's... The, I
2: was, the, you know, so... I was I, only
0: 22, 21.
2: So I started listening to it yeah. way back then.
0: Yeah, it was a weird thing. They didn't know. This, her two other sisters didn't know they thought they each knew the only weirdo punk rocker. They didn't mm-hmm. know that we actually knew each other. And in fact, we were in a band <laughs> together. That was kind of a freaky thing. Because yeah. I had worked at Jack in the Box with E. Boone. And then I came over to the. Ticket Boone? Yeah, Catalina Terminal parking lot, Perth 93. And uh, he, he stayed at Jack. And that's when Nanny comes on over there. Lise was already working. Vito Joyello got me the gig. At, uh, God, I haven't seen him in a long time. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny. As people have talked to me from Pedro, that are my age, back in those days, never saw us. Like Dandy Don right, the lawyer. From oh, yeah, yeah. And so there, because she wrote me a big email how he would have made everything much more different way different like he would want us to uh, preface the context the Minutemen came up in why did you write the songs you did and this kind of thing like this and he's, he tells me well you know in a way I wouldn't have to ask all this stuff if I would have saw you if I would have been there <laughs> but I had all these preconceptions about punk and I didn't want to see it Steve Evans right mm-hmm. same thing you know these guys are our age mm-hmm. But it wasn't conducive for checking out. There's so much like uh, preconceptions about the thing. It was like, ah, I don't even want to see it. Yeah. Jerry Trebetic and Pete Mazich, my second man guys, original second man guys. They were they weren't they were older than Juliana. I mean, maybe younger than me, but same thing, you know. And Jer was at the thing. I saw him in the lobby with his baby and his wife, and he's like, yeah, I should have went and saw you guys. (laughs) You know, but you can't blame anybody. It's just circumstance. Yeah. What's really sad is, like, the boon's gone, so... Yeah. You know, all we have is that... his works. Yeah, that was great to see that footage.
2: Yeah, I didn't know that existed. (laughs) I didn't either. I mean... Starwood
0: they? stuff, that's our first paid gig. God, they're spitting on us pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Juliana, you picked this song uh-huh. that we're going to play next, something from English band called Soft Boys. What you about, tell us about it? it?
2: Well, Soft Boys was another band that you turned me on to. Can was the first one. This is... Um, a song that wasn't on Bees, but I found on the net. I liked it. Kind of reminds me of the older, more mellower.
0: He's still playing rock and roll. And He's he, still touring, and sometimes he does soft voice too. Uh, Robin Hitchcock. Last time I
2: saw Robin Hitchcock was years ago, actually, when I was still living down here, married to Bum, I think at the time, Nan and I drove all the way out to um, San Juan Capistrano. To the coach house, yeah, by ourselves, and pouring rain. He did a great, great show, great set, very good guitar player. Very. I mean, it's amazing that three dudes can put out that much sound.
0: Was he with Soft Boys?
2: No, he wasn't with Soft Boys, which was another thing I didn't get to see. Well, what happened
0: was (laughs) the the guy, (gasps) the lead guitar player went off and made uh, Katrina and the Waves, Mm -hmm. married a U.S. girl, and she sang... They had a big song. Yeah, but then he that wore out. That was like a one song thing, and so he uh, went back and played with Robin Hitchcock and I got Soft Boys again. I remember the album. Yeah, I had the bees, the candy mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what it sounded like.
2: What was it? <laughs> you
0: know, I didn't had not any idea. But he turned it over and had a picture, and he had one guy twice. Maybe it's rid of Robin Hitchcock, but he's mm-hmm. there twice. It was like, wow, why would they do this? Like his face, and then next to him is him again, like a double. It's like, wow, oh, this is kind of strange. And then it played it, and it was it was bizarre. Nothing I expected. A lot of lead guitar. Yeah. No, he was kind of psychedelic. Yeah. It's kind of like Sid Barrett. So okay. uh soft boys white from pedro show
3: well you were the one that made me feel so natural right between your lips just like a piece of toast and you treated me as more than just an animal cause you knew that I
4: Stoop down
5: to pick up worms after rain or the runoff from hosing down lawns or washing cars has trapped them squirming on the pavement, unable to make it back to safe sod whence they came. If they show any signs of life, I move them to a patch of dirt or grass or a cozy heap of wet newspapers. Anywhere there's less chance of them being stepped on or dried up by the onslaught of sun. For as long as I can remember, I've done this, and I'm confident I always will.
0: Pedro Show. That's Richard Hell And the Voidoids from uh, 1977. Love Comes in Spurts. You know about Bob Quine, right? No. He passed away. I don't know. Maybe six months ago or something. I got to record with him once. He's a great cat. It's really sad. Uh, Richard Richard Hell, you were uh, we were talking about him, his music was playing, and he's going to be coming this spring to do uh, a reading from a new book he wrote. That's what he does now mainly. He writes. Right. Somebody told me he sold his... Uh, maybe he told me. He sold his a lot of his old punk artifacts to some museum kind of thing or wow. some delio. Archive. Uh... He has a trippy part in the movie, huh?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: He's like laughing. He's like, well, if this guy was inspired by me, okay. <laughs> He's sweet. He's a really cool guy. Oh, there's this thing Thrill Jockey just put out. Thrill Jockey's a Chicago label, like Tortoise. Watson does stuff with them. I think Georgie, when they do the Red Crayola, comes out through Thrill Jockey. Touching goers, it's all one big thing. Anyway, they put out this uh, DVD, like five and a half hours of people spieling about what musical moment was profound on you. Mm-hmm. And they came to one of my gigs in Baltimore. Well, Baby Lake, this cat who lives in Baltimore, he filmed it, We conked it at his pad. And I talked about my, my moment. I mean, I've had a lot of moments. Everything's impressionable on <laughs> me. <laughs> But this—the one I talked about—was putting the picture of Richard Hell on my base. Do you remember my base before I painted it? I painted it red and blue and put Pedro mm-hmm. on the front, right? Or blue and white, like spray paint, <laughs> like sky or something, and then red letters, Pedro. Mm-hmm. Well, before that, it was brown. You remember when it was brown? I remember when it was okay. brown. Okay, it or... was brown, and that's when. It, because I went to these punk gigs, I saw, well these guys... Because nobody put shit on their guitar. Uh, I remember you know, the Madonna. The rock. Yeah, later on <laughs> I had all kinds of Madonnas. But like, this is the first time I put something on a guitar. Because I saw these punk rockers they did. And I thought, wow, this is neat. So I put a picture of Richard... Because the uh, Voidoid album had a sleeve with all these pictures, a collage he made. And words on one side and then pictures. Came even the bathtub... <laughs> his driver's license. No, no, no. Um, Bob Quine's Berkeley School of Music ID card, just weird stuff. A ground pub. There's a picture of Richard Hill. He'd take these funny pictures where he'd like roll up his pants, <laughs> right, to his calves. I mean, he, he was bizarre. I mean, especially, <laughs> a lot of that stuff seems normal now, but in those days, like, nobody looked like him at all. So I'd put a picture of him on the base. So I talk about that in the spiel. And uh, it was kind of intense because a lot of people got angry over that. They'd see that stuff. (laughs) But not Dee Boone. Dee Boone asked me to spray paint his guitar. He got a Stratocaster just like Bob Quine on the back of Blank Generation. Bob Quine's got a Stratocaster. It's like those couple of years Fender was making them black with the white covers. I mean, it's... Very particular to that era, and Steve Boom got one just like that. But then he asked me to spray paint it all up, too, you know, and we spray painted our clothes, which Ooh, would be a trip because it would make them so uh, stiff. Yeah, and then brittle. <laughs> they would tear, like the paint would eat in the fabric. But we let, were all into that, and then we kind of stopped because people gave us so much shit. So we thought, well, We'll be more punk in the mind. Unless <laughs> we <of the> <laughs> that, that was wild. So if you see the, all the money for this thing, it's called uh, Looking for a Thrill. Can't buy a thrill. That was Steely Dan. Uh. <laughs> but it's called Looking for a Thrill, and all the money goes to Greenpeace. So if you see this thing out there, it's all these people talking, thirsty, and A lot of cats from the Chicago scene that does that but other other folks too uh, Bjork yeah yeah right (laughs) I was going to say that (laughs) Uh, before Richard Hell was Petra Hayden with I last tune on her imaginary land solo disc she did that thing on a four track and that's the thing that gave me the idea to ask her to do sell out because you know she didn't even know it. And uh, But I knew, I could just tell, wow, she can do this, she can do that easy. And it was uh, yeah, kind of a trippy time for her, so it helped her out. We talked about this before. <clears throat> before Petra, we had uh, Richard Meltzer with a little spiel called Always. Richard Meltzer, a big hero of mine. The spiels I play, you know, are stuff that he's flowed me that I'm working into tunes for this project I got called Spielgusher. I'm going to try stuff on my pewter, you know. I got this stuff uh, where called uh, Reason. It's like synthesizers and Uh loops stuff like this. I'll play some bass on it too, but uh, this idea of using samples, I'm going to try to get into. Yeah, it's like a little spoken word type of uh, creation music. Yeah, yeah, like uh, collage or like uh, being a conductor. So... Thank you, Richard, for that. Um, And we start off with soft boys. Have a heart, Betty. (laughs) Betty, not baby. (laughs) That's a lot mellower than the soft boys. The cannabis. So it's later down the road. Mm -hmm. Okay, you picked a song here, Juliana, um... X yep. LA band probably the first of our uh, local bands that got big well I guess the Dickies actually Dickies was the first band to go to England get signed and all that but I always think of X is like remember there was these two choices i never <laughs> talked about this before but the, it was a New Year's Eve and it was X opening for Diva, which was a big deal at Long Beach Arena. And it was Germs and Joanna Went at Hong Kong Cafe. And I went to Germs. <laughs> 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 Nothing against X, Devo. Went with Joe Biza. Okay, so uh, X, Watford for Pedro Show.
6: spout shooting off of the ground, the ground on top of Whale Mountain, that is. Whale Mountain looks like a whale, a curved piece of rock looked just like its tail, and when the earthquake that tail did shake, and looked like the whale was swimming, the Whale Mountain, I mean, was swimming. Drop it all if you want to. I'll see you in the afternoon. Put the past behind you. What a strange cartoon. If it all falls apart though, someone says I told you so. Don't listen to them. Throw a coin in the fountain and meet. Well, you on the sun
7: Is there any... Too much. much. Echo, 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 echo. 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 Goodbye, sweet dreams. Take one and last cut. Take two. Last cut. (laughs) Goodbye, sweet dreams. so cold The love you are It is your own It's his only peace But peace is all that's known Then goodbye, goodbye sweet dreams Goodbye sweet dreams Goodbye sweet dreams Goodbye sweet dreams Once upon and in love, but you never return. Never ever leave me now. My love does not too bright burn. And the love inside burns not too bright. Tis only cold. Love to keep started right.
0: That's Wire, Watt from Pedro Show. I just heard B.C. Gilbert left the band, so maybe there's no more Wire. Now you picked that, Juliana? Mm-hmm. Did you ever get to see them?
2: No, never got to see him.
0: I've seen him a couple times, but never in those days.
2: Got a signed poster from my sister Lisa's boyfriend. Kenny worked for the Fillmore for years, and she gave me that. That's cool. Cool thing to have signed by all of them. Oh, wow. Yeah, I have it framed.
0: Yeah, (laughs) when I first saw him, I think it was 87 or 88, me and Raymond went, and uh, Graham Lewis got all baracho. We had to help get the guy in the car. I think Brendan put on the show. He asked us to help him out. The guy had, like, patent leather boots on up to his knees. (laughs) I had a long talk with B.C. Gilbert, Bruce, and... uh, He's a very nice man. Older guy, I think he's sixty now. So maybe he's just tired. Uh, Before Wire, we had uh, Rocky Erickson on the radio, I think. No, it was uh, a session with Sam Sham. Was it a Texas guy? So Sam. What's his name? Sam and the Sham. Doug Sham and the Sam? He had, a, he had his own band in the 60s. Anyway, that was uh, Goodbye Sweet Dreams. And Little Wings before that, I told you about the, this cat, uh, cat from San Luis Obispo named Kyle. I met him on the Tomorrow Party Tour and uh, or Festival in December. And his father was a big sports coach. Hello. And Kyle's kind of tall and says his daddy always pressured him for a- athletics. Uh-huh. I want to sing. I want to play bass. Kind of clash, but you gotta be your own man. Can't you? You'll be always be your father's son, but just you know, just because he. <laughs> well, we don't moral of that. Oh, ah, we're coming up on the end of the first hour. I gotta tell you these other songs we had uh, before. Little Wings, Ergs, with Everything Falls Apart, and more. I thought it might have been a cover of the Hoosker song since they covered Crimey last time yeah. we played. And we start off with X. Your phone's off the hook. Juliana, you picked that. Right, tell us why.
2: Tell us why. Well, I saw X play with Firehose. X yeah. is always a cool band in my mind. They played at my grad night Mary Star at Disneyland. Yeah, that was kind of a trip. I always tripped me out how the guitar player would just stand in one place and back zoom. and forth Yeah, with the big hair. Big grin? Uh, yeah, big grin, big hair, yeah. Never, you know, other than that, very stoic. But, no, yeah. I thought
0: they were a fun band. He came from the rockabilly scene. Yeah. I think he played with Roy Campy and those people. Incredibly musician. Uh, he's an older gentleman, too. But they're still playing around. Yeah. John Doe was in that movie. Yeah, I yeah, saw him. He's always been a hero of mine. Anyway, uh... Yeah, we're at the end of the first hour, Watt from Pedro Show, March 4th, 2005 edition, hang tight for hour two. March 4th, 2005, it's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. from Pedro Show my words are birds, can my letters the oh, yeah. but like you know, you know,
3: at the end of the album it's not actually credited but it's in there this is great coffee I'll have a warm bath I'll have a bottle of wine I'll put myself to bed and I'll feel just fine but don't Talk to me about Gene Hackman He's got an evil grin He's got curly hair And every time he smiles It means troublesome somewhere, Wayne But don't talk to me about Gene Hackman He's in every film Sometimes wearing a towel And if it isn't him You get Andy McDowell But don't talk to me about Gene Hackman Don't talk to me at all Don't say hello You could be Gene himself He was totally mean But when he got his You've seen it He really felt for Gene So don't talk to me about Gene Hackman I'll have a cold shower I'll have a bottle of juice If I can't call Winona then I won't call Bruce, but don't talk to me about cheese.
0: To the North. With Juliana, that was your uh, sister's nickname <laughs> given
2: by your other sister, right? Yep. Sure, she loves it.
0: Yeah, when they <laughs> made that uh, documentary, uh, and Nook was killed like eight or nine months after they made it. His trip. His whole life. We made it just in time. Trippy something to write <laughs> a song. And then we played a song uh, before that that you picked, Juliana mm-hmm. Gene Hackman by Robin Hitchcock. Tell us something
2: about that. just seemed like a funny song of what circles Robin Hitchcock and Gene Hackman would follow together, know each other. I don't know, it was a trippy thing for him to write a song about. Yeah. Plus, the fact that he seems like a funny guy.
0: And he's the soft boys guy. Yeah, so. Uh, and we started off the second hour with uh, a band from England. Couldn't find out which town, but they were called WWX. And that was what something they called the Mighty Minutemen Suite. They that's actually cool. do three songs. We yeah, that was the real cool. Real World, Ain't Talking About Love, which actually wasn't a Minutemen song. <laughs> it's a Van Halen song, so it was a cover of a cover. And then uh, Party With Me Punker. So that was a nice little medley from them guys. Yeah, that's cool. And now it's my pleasure to bring aboard brother, Matt, in a spin cycle. <laughs> Thank
1: you. <coughs>
8: Let's begin now.
0: Watford Pedro show. Oh, we'll got some. Uh, that was Nels Klein live at Kilby Court, but I don't know the name of the tune. But it is with his uh, Nels Klein singers live, and uh, kind of a contrast to Brother Matt spin cycle. there. Yeah. <laughs> so we're at the end of the second hour, the March. Fourth, two 2005 edition of the Watt from Pedro show hang tight for hour three March 4th 2005 it's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show here's part three of Dreams of Rio
5: Jack Flanders was contacted by an old woman mine Josepha Jack was instructed to meet mine, Josefa, at the Orishas Club in Rio.
9: Here. Something cool to drink.
5: Was it the strange herbal tea that he drank? Was it the stifling heat?
9: Whoever finds the lost city, it can never be found,
5: will be rich. He found himself in the jungle, among ancient ruins where sacrifices were once performed.
8: An altar...
9: It's a place to receive dreams.
5: When a mask was placed over Jack's face, he saw things quite differently.
9: This is the city. You must return here. You can't find it again, do you understand?
5: Later that evening, having coffee with his friend Carmen at a sidewalk cafe.
9: The African religions are very strong in Brazil, especially in the state of Bahia. Mm-hmm. And the gods are called Orishas. <laughs>
5: he was presented with a minor revelation. The Orishas Club.
9: Si, senor.
5: And finally, in the middle of the night, Jack's sleep was interrupted by a call from Professor Vargas. The museum was broken into this evening. The skull?
10: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They took that, too.
5: And now, week three of Dreams of Rio...
8: Is it the same? God. It is. Oh. Oh. God. It's another dream.
10: Mr. Flanders. Ah, Professor Vargas. Please, sit down. What's going on over there? A the political rally. Who for? The ruling party is trying to elect their man for governor. Hmm. So, tell
8: me, what happened at the museum? They took everything. All my research, everything. Do you think Paolo Pompadoura was involved? Why? Well, your name was given to me by an associate of Paolo's. Why didn't you tell me? I assumed you knew. Why did you assume that? I don't know. She mentioned your name as, as though she knew you. Who mentioned my name? Carla Davila, or whatever her real name is. Who is Carla Davila? You know, it looks like we've both been set up. Uh, now,
10: that is an accurate assumption. I could do with a beer. Me too.
9: This is it. The Orishas Glove. What a dump. Ay, Carmen. Do you really want to go in there? No, you don't. (sighs) What a dump.
1: So
8: you're saying the skull is pre-Inca? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. What? Then if what you just said is
10: true, these people fled from the Spaniards? No, no, no. This happened many years
8: before the conquistadores invaded Peru. So you're saying they were the ones that, that foresaw the coming of the conquistadors and, and fled from Peru into, into the Amazon basin? That's essentially correct. Where did they go? That is,
10: for us to discover. Us? Mm.
9: I don't like this place. I don't like how it looks. I don't like how it feels. I don't... my guess, what was that? A giant rat? Oh, no, thank God. Just a Brazilian cockroach. (sighs) I don't like how it smells. I don't like what I hear. I don't like it. I don't like it. I don't...
8: Is it possible for, for an entire city to have been built in the Amazon, and yet no one has discovered the ruins? Intriguing
10: thought, isn't it? We are dealing with such a vast area, one could fit all of Germany, France, England, well, all of Europe into the Amazon basin. But but still, wouldn't there be local
8: Indians that know something about this?
10: The Indians have many stories about regions they would not enter because they were considered evil. And don't forget, we are talking about a city four or five stories high.
8: Really?
10: I thought the jungle was flat. Not totally flat. There's rocks and hills, valleys and caves. Caves? In the Amazon jungle? Oh, yes. And the vegetation is so thick, you could be right there and not even know that you're walking the streets of what once was a city.
9: What am I doing here? This is crazy. Carmen. you are crazy. Where is that music coming from? What are they doing? Ay, no sé si quiero saber. Well, so, I'm crazy.
8: Do you know where this lost city is? Approximately. The people who robbed the museum, who took your research, can they figure it out? Not immediately. I don't believe they can, but but eventually, yes. And you're having possession of the skull That triggered the theft. Yes. But why? It's the key, isn't it?
9: No one here.
2: Good.
8: Yes?
9: Senora Josefa? Yes, it's me. I would like to speak with you. Come in, Carmen. We've been expecting you. You've been expecting me? Yes, we have.
10: I'm sorry. The skull was my responsibility. All I have to give you are these photos I took. Hmm.
8: I keep these? Oh, yes. They're yours. You know, I've wondered about these designs. They're symbols. It's it's, it's almost like a map.
10: It is, but not one that can easily be deciphered. Why is that? The symbols represent animal spirits and other deities. The legend is they protect the city. Protect it? Yes. Cloak it from the eyes of man, but not from everyone. The key Your favorite expression, I've noticed, is a man or woman who is able to communicate with the proper spirits.
8: Communicate? Yes. Oh.
10: I don't know. Well, perhaps you know. I wish I did know. Yes. I also wish.
9: Have something to drink? No, thank you. Not even something cool? No, no. Ah. Please sit down. I will speak to you in a moment. I have a question. Shh. I- Shh.
10: In a
9: moment.
8: What do you
10: expect to find? Oh, the usual. Tombs, hieroglyphic inscriptions, pottery masks, sculpture masks? Yes. Probably some carved monuments and smaller artifacts, the usual. Look, what are your chances of actually finding the city? I don't know. But the theft forces me to move now. If they find it first, the site will be looted of anything of value, and what's left, the fragments, will be just more pieces to an impossible puzzle.
9: There is a disturbance in the air. Old gods that have been resting are now being called upon. They are hungry. They are thirsty. Oh destinies are at work with the vengeance.
10: I would like you to join my expedition. Why? I need an associate. Someone I can trust. Why me? I thought you would be interested. You're not? I have been set up. What does that mean? Set up. I don't know why, but I don't like it. I want to find out who's behind it. It seems obvious. Paolo Pompadora. Paolo, yes, and others. You think I'm one of the people responsible? Are you?
9: we have a force that is very old Very old And not human
10: You trust no one? No I trust you <laughs> I want you to join me Alright? Why do you need me? You are the key you change your mind, you know where I am. Goodbye,
8: Mr. Flanders. I can't figure out guy. I can't figure anyone here. I have the feeling everyone wants something from me, but no one will say what it is. And what about Carla? Is she...
3: Nice to see you. Curler?
8: Whatever your name is, I thought you vanished.
3: No, Jack. no, no, no. I am
8: very fond of you.
3: I feel you and I can do wonderful things together. Oh, great. Yes, great things. Come, let's have a drink.
8: Okay.
9: If you could evoke a power to help you, would you? I don't understand you. First you say I am here to help him, then to protect me. Then you tell me that go to Parachi. Parachi? (laughs) But what's there? If you choose to follow this way, you must trust. Then you can help him, not before. But I still don't understand why. Go to Parachi. Listen. They are playing our song. Our song. You know, Jack, I had nothing to do with the museum, the robbery, nothing.
8: Oh, I believe you.
9: You do? (laughs) You are such a sweet.
8: And you're telling me Paolo had nothing to do with it?
9: Oh, Paolo, I don't know. No more do I work for Paolo. No more. Uh You have something Paolo wants.
8: You mean something else, don't you?
9: He would do anything to get it.
8: He would? Look, how do I know I can trust you?
9: But of course you can trust me. <laughs>
8: <laughs> yeah. What do you want?
9: I told you what I want. More than anything else. You forgot?
7: Money. Lots of money. Ah.
8: I love your honesty your sincerity your what is your name carl where's Paolo?
9: i don't know but watch out he'll get you
5: short talk detroit international private investigator good morning or good afternoon whichever is appropriate from whatever time zone you're calling from
9: Mr. Pompadoura? Yeah. We told them obrigado.
5: brigado.
9: Você wow! I can help you. Don't you care? Didn't you listen?
8: Huh? Oh, uh, I was listening to the piano. Reminds me of someone I once knew.
9: You think of another woman when you are with Carla? No,
8: Carla, it was... Is that really your name, Carla Davila?
9: Close enough.
8: I was thinking of a piano player I met in Tangier.
5: A short of calls from Sao Paulo. Give him a message. Whatever you say, Mr. Pompadoura. Tell him to meet me in Parachi. Where? Paraty. P-A-R-A-T-I. He can rent a car or take a bus. Rent a car or take a... What bus should he take? The Eval Bus Company. Eval. Eval. E B a l Evil. Evil
11: bus company. I don't know if I we'll want to
2: take that.
8: Who cares? As long as we meet tomorrow. Look, Carla, I can't make you rich. So what do you want from me?
9: I know something. Oh, I bet you do. Something that will help you and the professor.
8: And in return, you want
9: gold. Uh-huh.
8: Gold. Lots of gold.
3: Mm-hmm. No. Just one little piece of gold.
8: Sounds reasonable. A mask. I think the mask you want is not something to fool with.
9: No. <laughs> no. Oh you make me so unhappy. Oh to com vontade de chorar.
5: Do you have that? Yeah, sure.
1: I'll tell him. Parati.
2: Parati.
5: Parati. T. Oh, I
2: love Brazilian. It's it's.
8: someone who knows about voodoo and well you mentioned bahia as a a hotbed of african religions oh i
9: like that song
8: oh yeah there are a lot of songs about eyes tonight what Uh, nothing
9: nothing i say what you say nothing i say nothing you say what
8: what (laughs) nothing
9: i think i would like to go to bahia Come along. You fly to Salvador?
8: Yeah, midnight. Hmm?
9: Maybe I'll go to Bahia. Good. But now, no. I go to Parachi. Where? Oh, it's a little village. Very old village. I think they used to send the gold from Parachi to Portugal. The gold? Mm-hmm. The streets of Parachi are built like canals to, to drain off storm water. And then when the moon is full, the tide comes in and swooshes the streets.
8: Sounds great.
9: (laughs) Yes. Would you like me to go to the airport
8: with you? Okay, sure.
12: Ah, the flight's delayed.
4: I'm hungry
8: oh, There's a restaurant up there You know, there's a strange trade-off here What they lack for in good old American efficiency They, they make up with a personal touch, you know I mean, people behind the counters actually talk to you It's amazing <laughs> Voo 284, comparecer know. ao balcão de informações da companhia, segundo andar, setor A. Mr. Paulo Aguirre. Flight 284, report at counter 74, sector E. Bye. Quintinho, assistente de
2: embarque.
8: Enbarque, por I don't think I've ever been in an airport restaurant before that had a live chamber orchestra.
9: Fiddler on the roof? Possibly. It's perfect. Perfect? Yes.
8: Good music, good food. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I see what you mean. Mm.
9: So, you go to Bahia to speak with the
8: gods, huh? Well... I was thinking, you know, being a disembodied spirit is very different. No, yeah. Gods don't have to figure out what to wear to work. They don't have to go to the bathroom, shampoo, <laughs> shower, brush their teeth. They
9: don't have to go shopping. Well, there
8: you go, no shopping.
9: Do you think they can snap their fingers for whatever they want?
8: What fingers?
9: <laughs> <laughs> where does it come from?
8: You mean the stuff they want? Mm-hmm. Okay. Maybe there are malls. Malls after death. (laughs) And speaking of frightening thoughts, why is there a fried egg on my steak? I don't know, but
9: I think it just winked at me.
8: Mm -hmm. And why is it when you order Brazilian food every time, why does it always come with potatoes and rice? Not always. No, not always.
9: Sometimes it comes with potatoes, rice, and spaghetti.
8: Yeah. Oh, it's time to go.
9: Where will you stay?
8: Um oh, the the Orthon Palace Hotel.
9: Have a good time. Bye. Bye. Anunciamos sua chegada.
8: Now. But Move aside, man. Move aside. Who are
13: you? I am Senor Bulldoza. <laughs> what, what,
8: what are you doing, Mr. Bulldoza? I am making jungle food. <laughs> Why? Why? Uh, to grow hamburgers. Hamburgers? See, Mac burgers. Mac burgers?
13: Max for men. Max for men? Macho Max. Macho Max. Big Macho Max. You're leveling the jungle to grow macho, Max? Mucho macho, Max! Mucho... Mucho, 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 mucho macho, Max! Why? Why? Yes, I want to know why. Because some people are very good at what they do. And what they do is control your mind. Huh? Now you know, move! Move aside! But how? How do they do it? Señor Poldoza is coming through! No, wait! Mr. Bulldozer
8: will tread all over you No,
9: stop, stop oh, 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 I'm being
8: squashed
11: No, Mr. Bulldozer
8: What's going on,
11: Mr. Bulldozer? Do you feel sick? What? Have you been doing something? I What? What? Uh, uh, I... Che? Che?
8: Uh, what?
11: Is something wrong?
8: Oh, no just a, a dream, I think.
4: I have to express my great pleasure that I have opportunities to speak to Mark Stewart. And first, I would like to ask, um, your previous album was released back in 1990. So, what have you been doing last six years?
12: I've been working on a control data book, which has now turned into, into a kind of um, website and CDI um, game. I've been, musically, I've been helping lots of people in the background, I, I helped Tricky do his first record, I've mm-hmm. done some work with Living Colour, which was quite interesting, and I've just been helping a lot of other people in the background with kind of some kind of dance stuff and things, but this is, a, I, and I made another album in Bristol, Yes. about three years ago, three or four years ago, but I scrapped it. Really? Yeah. Why? Because I was coming over here to Ibiza a lot and I was going to like techno clubs in in Japan when we were touring there. And I was like listening to lots of really good music coming out of like Germany, the Trazor stuff and the underground resistance stuff. Mm -hmm. And I was really getting into wanting to use the kind of technoid sounds, not make a techno record, but use those kind of sounds that I liked and be able to pick from that like I did before with like reggae or hip hop, you know. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to kind of, I was hearing all these really good sounds I wanted to incorporate into my own hybrid. So I kind of started again. Mm-hmm. But I suppose if that album had come out, it would have been the first of that kind of Bristol, you know, whatever. Right. <laughs>
4: and as we know, you recited from England to Ibiza.
12: Yeah, what but I still, I mean, I spend a lot of time here because my girlfriend lives here, but I'm still ah. in London and Bristol a lot. You know, I was in mm-hmm. Bristol last week. I'm only here like a week, a month or something. Mm-hmm. And, I, and we're working really hard at the moment.
4: Yeah. And uh, what will be the content of uh, the book?
12: Well, the book has now turned into this kind of CDI, and a lot of it is going to come out free on the web. Mm -hmm. And what happens is I'm just continuously kind of writing and researching, right? And some of the ideas go into songs. And the only way I can explain it is it's going to be like a control data CDI. Yes. And, for example, there's a song on the album called The Half That's Never Been Told. And from that, you'll be able to access lots of conspiracy theories, real history, things about the Dead Sea Scrolls and... Lots of other interesting information that I can't fit into songs, and then you'll be able to link up to other other kind of websites in the States and stuff. Another one, Digital Justice, is going to be a kind of shoot-them-up, you know, about the Gulf War, when you're going to be able mm-hmm. to kind of fly it in a, in a kind of, you know, simulated plane cockpit and stuff. It's all going to be triggered from that, but in the States, it's going to be marketed more as a kind of game, really, post-kind of burn-cycle game, you know? Yeah. But, and I, but I'm, I'm, I'm not too excited about this new technology. And the whole idea of control data is, do you control data or does data control you? Yes. Yeah. But it's interesting for me to work in these forms. I think maybe CDI is going to be, is not going to be a good format. It's going to die like the Betamax or something. But sooner or later, everybody's going to have fiber, fiber optical cables into their house. That's right. And you'll be able to access it. And you, if you want to access some of my stuff and then use the information to do some research to access something else, mm-hmm. then great, you know?
4: So will you think? Uh, do you think that uh, it will be possible in, n- in near future to access every information in the world?
12: No, because already there's a control of the information. For example, Bill Gates from Microsoft is buying the copyright at this That's moment right. yeah. to all the kind of major artworks in the world. Lots of stuff is already kind of classified. Lots of stuff is is difficult to access due to economics of the hardware and stuff. You know, the, the whole ideas of democracy and, and access to the net is a, is, a, is a political battle which is being fought at this moment, you know. Yeah. They've already kind of t- trying to encrypt it in the States. They're trying to censor it in the States. It is a very important political battle, you know, because tr- it's not us that's going to be the techno-children. It's our children. And these kind of digital silicon empires and structures mm-hmm. that are being built, we have to kind of fight for democracy and access on them now. Otherwise, they'll just end up as kind of neutered Surveillance, home shopping channels, you know.
4: Mm-hmm. <coughs> but uh, why don't you put your lyrics on the sleeves of the records?
12: Uh, the people you, you always hear that. But uh, I'm, I apologise to people whose English is 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 not very good. But yeah. the whole idea of, of the way the 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 voice is buried and the voice moves in and out of the mix mm-hmm. is is important to the to the message.
4: Yeah.
12: And if the words were written down on paper, I'd write something else.
4: Yeah. So I'm kind mix- of I'm,
12: I'm kind of mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making kind of little film scapes. On, like, on one of the songs about this kind of red zone, you're kind of walking in and out of the sound, you know? And if it was any louder, it would take away from the energy of the mix. Sometimes some of the things are not meant to be understood or they're meant to be processed, you know?
1: Mm-hmm.
12: And that's the idea of dub. Things jump out here and there, and every time you listen to it, you hear something a bit different. And if I was to write a text, it would be different to what I'd use in a song.
4: That's right, yeah. You
12: know, because you can get more emotion in the spoken word, and things can jump out, and it, there is confusion in life. You know, there's meant to be confusion in there. And to read it just straight, I'd write something else.
4: And also, uh, your lyrics uh, very seldom uh, deal with a particular event, for instance. It's not, well, it's not story, uh, song a story, but just expression about events. Yeah,
12: I just, I just, I, I receive ideas and images and information all the time. And all I'm doing is, is through the songs and the music is saying these ideas are interesting to me. I'm not saying I'm totally right or I'm totally wrong or being so ideological. I'm just saying that these ideas about, about history, these ideas about economics, these ideas about weird science, throw a question mark over what we're led to believe, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying I'm right and you're totally wrong. I'm just saying it's like if I was, if I was in the pub, we'd be arguing about certain you know, similar things. You know, these are, it's just it's just if I was writing you a letter, I'm not being so kind of... Pedantic.
4: And uh, have you ever felt um, as a part of particular scene, uh, even no. in uh, the pop group time, maybe?
12: No. No, the, 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 the only scene I felt a real part of was a kind of hip-hop scene, you know?
4: Mm-hmm.
12: Because I was, I, you know, and in Bristol, there was a really, really strong hip-hop scene, more than London. In London, it was more just a kind of fashion, stussy people who got into hip-hop. Yeah. But in Bristol, it took off on all the kind of kids from the estates and on the street got into it. And my, and my mates who were now massive attack were DJing every night in these clubs. And we'd all go out and kind of, you know, dance. And and, and, and I felt part of that kind of thing. And, and I like the kind of hip-hop mentality when it's more respect for the beats than the kind of ego, you know?
4: Yeah.
12: I, I, you know, if I've ever felt part... And, and to a certain extent, the the right at the beginning of punk in England was really good. Hmm. You know, going to see the Clash in the subway sector and stuff. Again, just for the f- first few months.
4: Yeah. But... uh were the pop group the part of this uh, this scene uh, at the no. end of the seventies?
12: No, because what was happening? What was happening uh, again? Because uh, where do, w- are you in a capital? Yeah, Bristol is is a smaller city than the capital, right? And yeah. and 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 you see what you read about in the magazines and what you see from a distance is more London. Mm-hmm. In Bristol, we were kind of we were going to funk clubs when we were, like, 14 or 15, and everybody was dressing up in kind of 50s clothes, you know, and <laughs> that was the kind of scene when there was this kind of Avon soul army, and, I, and all the kind of people who thought they were a little bit cool would go to these funk clubs,
4: right? Mm-hmm, yeah.
12: And so we grew as much out of that tradition as we did from a kind of rock tradition. So, but, And with the pop group, we were trying to play funk. Yeah. But because we couldn't play very well, these kind of older journalists from the enemy and the Melody Maker thought, thought we were avant-garde and weird and trying to play jazz just because our time signatures <laughs> were off, you know?
4: Uh (laughs) uh-huh but to me uh the pop group uh sounded very well not uh, the band uh, that um, didn't know how to play anyway yeah yeah a lot
12: of it was the disrespect and the technique and the stuff we did in the studio you know it was just ideas it's like if you're trying to if you're trying to paint a picture even if you can't paint you can translate your ideas Mm -hmm. more with the sounds and the kind of music concrete stuff no they just put out that pop group stuff the first pop group album again in in um in England in the, yeah. uh, uh, like last month and i was fighting for ages to kind of i didn't really want it coming out cuz i really? i see my mine, you know i always see the stuff i'm working on as, as mm-hmm. more relevant i don't really look to the past you know yeah, yeah. and i see more, more my peers with like this control data stuff as like underground resistance you know, and and Richie Horton and Black Dog and B12 and and even some of the kind of thrash metal coming out of the face. There's like really <laughs> good new music coming out that I that I that I think is as you know I think my stuff is relevant to. keep mm-hmm. people looking to something from the past. You know.
4: Mm-hmm. You have collaborated with Adrian Sherwood uh, and uh, members of Tuckheads for many years. So I wonder when and uh, how did you meet them?
12: Well, again, it goes back to it goes back to Bristol and it goes back to the hip hop tradition in Bristol because originally, after the pop group split up, right? Yeah. I was working with a kind of reggae based mafia who were like some of the best kind of Jamaican musicians living in England, and they, they were the people who played with like Gregory Isaacs and the Revolutionaries and stuff. And we had a really good reggae base to the to the band, right? And I was experimenting with Adrian, but then through these, as I was saying, through the like the hip hop club, this dugout club in Bristol, where Grant from Massive Attack used to DJ. Yeah. They every time anybody went to the States to get like twelve inches or trainers or anything, they'd they'd make tapes of WBLS and Kiss, the original the original New York radio stations that, and Red Alert had a show, Africa Bambata had a show, and these tapes were brilliant, like live hip hop radio stations, right? Mm-hmm. And there was one particular tape of like these crazy drum machines with a rocket taking off, and I just <laughs> kept on listening to it. And it was brilliant. I kept on playing it to Adrian, yeah. And it was on Tommy Boy, right? And just by chance, Adrian went to this music festival thing in Medem. Tommy Boy's stand was opposite on New Sound stand, mm-hmm. right? It's like a ferry. And Adrian went across and said, "There's this mad, mad friend of mine from Bristol. Is really into your stuff. Do you know? Could you get me the phone number? This person. It was Keith for blank." I ended up speaking to him, right? Getting him over here,
4: yeah,
12: and then and getting Doug and Keith over and uh, Doug and Skip. And they were just really pleased to be able to experiment, you know? Yeah. So that kind of opened the access to that. I mean, they were playing brilliant funky stuff, but it was quite, it was quite kind of um, regimented, you know.
4: mm Hmm. And um, on your album control data, uh, the drummer Kit LeBlanc is not uh, present. Uh, and also there's a new member, keyboard player Simon Monday. Yeah. So uh, is it so because you wanted more electronic, even techno-oriented sound? Or
12: Yeah, exactly, exactly. Simon is an old friend of mine, and he was one of the first... English acid house people at the same Mm -hmm. time as Adamski and and a couple of other people. He was one of the only person, he was like one of the first English electronic kind of acid house people going out and playing since live under the name of Mr. Monday. And he had a big worldwide kind of dance hit under the name of Mr. Monday Future, right, which Ministry of Sound have just reissued. And he's been a friend for for years. And when I was thinking about who who I could get involved to kind of co-write and program these sounds up and who could draw on that kind of encyclopedia of sounds, I immediately thought of Simon. So me and Simon write the initial kind of sketches of the songs in a computer then we take it in the studio and kind of overlay doug and 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 uh skip and, and on su- most of the tracks on this one the drums were already kind of pre-programmed mm-hmm. but now in the live setup we're working about how to use live drums against the dru- the program drums. so we're going to keep playing live on the new oh yeah that's my next more, question
4: that's yeah. <laughs> okay is control data just um, the title of the album or does it mean something else so-
12: well it's like it's I, I, i'm writing all these what i call neo slogans right and control data is my idea of this kind uh-huh. of fake mega corporation I'm going to set up with like a CDI wing, a computer wing, a biotech wing. It's just a kind of Gibson esque kind of idea, you know? Mm-hmm. I'd like to see massive control data kind of like IBM things all over the place. But so that's, just, that's just a kind of dream. But it's also a slogan in the fact that, as I was saying, do, do you control data or does data control you?
4: Yeah. And uh, it's quite difficult to classify your music. Uh, so it would, would be interesting to hear uh, what music do you like or admire? You said before that there's some techno stuff and some, some uh, metal stuff also, maybe something else in Bristol happening, uh, going on recently.
12: Yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was. We just did a gig in Bristol like a, a week ago, right? And I've been spending quite a lot of time in Bristol. What's happening in Bristol now is the second wing of what people have defined as the Bristol sound is coming through. Yeah. And it's like lots of our friends who didn't, who didn't kind of, who weren't working when all, all our lot were working, and they're now producing this kind of j- trippy kind of jungle, jazzy jungle stuff, but with a real Bristol mentality, which is totally different to the jungle from London or Nottingham or anything, right? It's really, really quite interesting. There's this stuff coming out on Smith and Mighty's label. Mm-hmm. Um, Amos and Andy, Flora and Flynn, Native Drums, there's some really interesting stuff coming out of, like, you know, the second generation of all our, all our gang. hmm But I listen to lots of stuff, as I was saying, I listen to things like Fear Factory, Sepultura, Corrosion of Conformity, <laughs> through to, like, Jack Braille, and, like, you know, but even through yeah. to stuff like Deep House, you know, and, like, Gospelly stuff, all sorts of different things.
1: Mm-hmm.
12: There's still lots of old, kind of, classic 70s dub, you know? Yeah keep the faith kind of thing and you know we're going to try and come over and do some gigs over there hopefully in like september or something
4: Oh, no, that's fine if it's possible
12: <laughs> if possible
4: yeah all right uh thank you mark for this uh, short conversation and uh hopefully see you in september in Ljubljana. all right mate yeah bye good luck yeah yeah bye cheers
0: Watford for show that was uh mark stewart singer of the pop group in a phone interview with uh, Janes for a college radio in uh, Ljubljana, Slovenia, 1996. You know, the pop group ended in 80, 81. And from there, Mark Stewart did stuff like Mafia. Before that, we had some pop group, uh, Sense of Purpose. And... Uh, Ahead of that, we had "Adelaide" by Frank Black. Juliana, you picked that.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Want to tell us something about that?
2: Well, that was a guy my sister turned me on to, and I remember getting this um, kind of cheesy tape with just the stencil, you know, letters of his name on it, and then hearing hearing it for weeks in my car, and then finally seeing the guy, and didn't really match his voice. It <laughs> just kind of tripped me out, man, <laughs> and just seemed like. It's good music at the time, so I'd like to see him live.
0: Yeah. He's still around. His fortieth birthday. Yeah, well he just did this massive Pixie store. Yeah. It was huge. Uh he's turning forty. I think April sixth. So, uh yeah, happy birthday, Charlie. Just had a son. Maybe a month ago. And um, uh, very cool people he asked me to make it one day uh, make uh, some jazz music with him he said sure he's really into collecting this old uh, recording gear old analog stuff because a lot of the Frank Black stuff he did live to two track no overdubbing that's pretty well. Uh, somebody told me Gang of Four well (laughs) you know who told me Hugo the drummer he writes me and stuff and, he uh, told me they did some gigs in England I think they're going to be at this uh, Coachella oh, in the wow. desert
6: wow. Mm-hmm.
0: The, all the original guys he said some are Bellin <laughs> I think he is <laughs> but uh that's a trip so all, all the bands get back <laughs> together reunite um well, you, you were at the uh, Queen Mary, right? Mm-hmm. Did you see the Beefheart uh, magic band? We were loading your stuff in. That's right. right there, so it kind of caught a little bit of it. Was some of the guys that. who played with them, yeah. like Drumbo and mm-hmm. Rocket Morton.
2: Um, yeah. yeah and Gary Lucas. Great,
0: so.
2: Yeah, we didn't stay for the gig part.
0: <laughs> but uh, you picked <laughs> some Beefheart again. We're going to play some more yeah, right go. now, right? Um, we played some last week with Bob Lee, too. Yeah, yeah. Beefheart so, favorite so, with yeah. everyone. But of course, uh, you know where he got his name? Mm-mm. Yeah, I read this interview. Maybe it was Rolling Stone or something. He said it, it was because he had a beef with the world in his heart.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: <That's cool. laughs> That's a trip. Here it is, WAP for Pedro show.
1: Wow.
13: And got out and shut up the town but I pre damn she didn't bring an down I don't like to talk about my women but this one sure could uh, chill them down I don't like to talk about my women but this one sure could chill them down one night she stopped drinking down by the river she tied up the river and back the ocean down women, this one sure could hold her long neck bottle beer down. She laid a lot of them down. Woman like long neck bottles and a big head on her beard. Now you got that down. You got that down. Well, I don't like to talk about my women, but I'm gonna do it anyway. Then I'm gonna get right out of town. Well, one night she got to drinking, got out and shot her. Town. i would be damned, she did bring an airplane down. I don't like to talk about my women, but this one, shout Shaw could, shout up, could chuck them down.
0: for pedro show that was another <laughs> band from england playing minute man cool. uh econo man do do you want new wave or do you want the truth much respect to you <laughs> brothers before that we had hun- honeysuckle with all of it in you and started with long neck bottles cap Beefheart, Tulane, you picked that yep okay much respect to Beefheart. yep the captain smooth sailing uh, we're at the end of the 2005, March 4 edition Watt from Pedro Show. I just want to say uh, much respect to uh, Raymond's Pettibone's father, Regis, who passed away. He was always a good uh, friend of me, an intense man, so I'll miss him much. Uh, helped us all out, the flag guys, men, men, all SST guys, so we'll be missing him much. Uh, Brother Matt, thank you for the well-needed assists in your spin cycle. Juliana, thank you much thank for being our guest. having me. That was great. Tony, you going to come on next week and read some uh, writing? Two weeks? Yep. Okay, do that. We want to hear about sugar. Okay. All you people out there, keep your powder dry.